0: There's been so much discussion about depression and anxiety and just the general stress that's coming from the stay at home order and the COVID-19 pandemic. But what if before all of this, you were already dealing with a mental health issue, regardless of how severe it is, or, uh, you know, or maybe it was something you dealt with years ago, and now it's come back. And what if you have OCD, a lot of people joke about having obsessive compulsive disorder, but what if you really do? And all of this fervent hand washing is that a trigger to make your OCD worse? 312-981-7200, if you've experienced any of this or have a question, because joining us now is a licensed mental health counselor at the Anxiety Treatment Center of Greater Chicago, Christina Maxwell. Hi, Christina. How are you? Hi, G. I'm well. Thanks for having me. Oh, so glad to have you on the show. This first time, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Um, I am, as you said, a licensed mental health counselor. I work in the suburbs of Chicago at the Anxiety Treatment Center. Um, I live outside of Chicago with my husband and, and three boys, six eight and ten. Wow,
0: (laughs) you have your hands full. So you're doing a lot Mm -hmm. of uh, e-learning, a lot of homeschooling right now. Yes, I am.
1: Yes, juggling many balls as many families are across our nation
0: and and world. And of course, you're still working and doing, I'm assuming, a lot of telehealth right now.
1: Yes, I am. I am uh, pretty much exclusively doing telehealth. Um, at the moment, um, as a lot of my colleagues are.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about the Anxiety Treatment Center of Greater Chicago? Yeah, sure. So
1: we, um, we are a, a group of, of people who specialize in um, anxiety disorders, and a lot of people don't know that there's quite a, quite a few of them. Um, so OCD, as you mentioned in the intro, general anxiety, social anxiety, phobias. Um, And we really specialize in um, providing cognitive behavioral therapy and exposure response prevention, which is the evidence-based treatment for anxiety disorders. So really, we exclusively provide um, that kind of treatment, and what I love about my practice is that we are um, really creative and we're really um, we're just really excited to work with people who um, have had like treatment refractory anxiety disorders, um, who have gone to hospitals or residential program, programs and haven't been successful oh, and oftentimes got it. they'll come to us and, and we'll be able to help them. Um, and so that's, I've been there for almost four years and um, I've really appreciated um, just how passionate my team is to help people with anxiety disorders.
0: Christina, you mentioned uh, cognitive behavior therapy, and then what was the other type of treatment? Yeah,
1: so part of cognitive behavioral therapy is called exposure response prevention. And basically, G, what it is is that you you gradually expose the person um, to the thing that they um, feel threatened by or anxious about. Um, And we do it in um, a real collaborative way um, by teaching the person what's happening in their brain and body and that they're really misperceiving a threat. And then we help them expose themselves to that fear so they gain the confidence to be able to confront that Um, fear in the future.
0: Wow, that sounds fascinating and a little scary to confront something that you fear the most. But (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but I imagine that's done. It's in your professional care. And of course, it's in a safe space and it's done gradually, I'm guessing. Yeah, we do it. And, you know, I would like to say
1: we do it in a compassionate and um, I mean, it sounds Maybe impossible, but I find that we can actually use a lot of humor um, as well in the process. And um, I I find that people don't realize how resilient and strong they really are until they start this process, Um, that they
0: gain so much confidence and it starts to trickle into other areas of their life as well. Wow, you don't realize how (laughs) resilient and strong you are. That's a positive and hopeful message. I like that. Mhm. Yeah,
1: and I, I think that a lot of people maybe not be feeling that right now. <laughs> right. Um, but <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> I encourage them that yeah, they are, and they might not feel it for a while. But looking, a lot of times when we look back on, you know, really difficult experiences and circumstances that we've been through, we see, man, like I'm really tough. I, I never thought I could have made it through, but mm-hmm. I did it, and I'm stronger for it. Um, it's hard to feel that way right now when everyone's so feeling so stressed and overwhelmed. Understandably so.
0: Absolutely. Before we talk about OCD and um, anxiety disorders specifically, and you know how this is affecting people that may have already been struggling with that before this happened, can you? We just start with the basics and can you explain the difference between stress versus anxiety? What are the differences? Yeah.
1: Sure. So. My understanding of, of stress is that it's really a a natural response to an external threat. So, um, you know, if you hear you say you're at work and you hear that they're laying a bunch of people off, mm-hmm. um, that's, Stressful, um, because that and it, it, you know, I think that that would be a a normal um, response to come home and tell your partner, or your family, like, oh, I'm stressed. That you know, they're laying people off at work. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, anxiety is really more categorized as a, like I said before, like a, a misperception of threat. And you know, I I work um, I work with adults, but primarily with kids and adolescents. And the way that I explain it is my the younger population that I work with is that it's, it's really like a false alarm that's going off in your brain Ah. and in your body. Um, Or for the little ones, they say like, it's like your brain playing a trick on you, you know, um, and saying that something bad's going to happen or um, you're really exposed in a certain area when you're not. Um, So things like, you know, a child who lives in a safe neighborhood having a difficult time going to school and has separation anxiety and they're afraid something bad's going to happen to mom or dad or to them if they separate and go to school um, when there's really no real, um, you know, there's really no threat. It's a perceived threat. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the way I would really categorize or differentiate those two things.
0: And stress is something that's normal. It's a a human reaction and behavior that, perhaps doesn't necessarily need medical attention, but is anxiety something that always does or sometimes does, or what would you say?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think anxiety can even be a normal, somewhat normative part of our life. I think when you, when it becomes more problematic is when it's really interfering with your ability to function in your daily life. And so You look at things like for kids, you know, are they sleeping okay? Are they able to? um, Well, right now, no one's going to school. Are (laughs) they? You know, are they able to get up and perform their daily duties? Um, You know, are they um, worrying a lot? Are they ruminating? You know, all the time, and that's and that's impacting their ability to have friendships or. You know, and, and right now, you know, my kids are FaceTiming with their friends all the time. If they're so <laughs> anxious that they can't even get on the the FaceTime call because they're so worried about what what's going to think of them oh, or wow. something like okay. that. That would be considered, um, you know, interfering with their ability to function. So we've had to kind of... Look at functioning a little differently in the COVID Absolutely. <laughs> era, era, Um but it still applies. You know, we we do still have ability to function in some ways, even though it's 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 much different. Um, so that's what we really look at if we when we're looking for like a clinical diagnosis of anxiety and needs intervention.
0: Well, thanks for clarifying that uh, kind of differentiating stress versus anxiety. Uh, licensed mental health counselor at the Anxiety Treatment. Center of Greater Chicago. Christina Maxwell is here. She's going to be taking your calls 312-981-7200. Coming up, she's going to talk about how difficult this is for people that may have already been dealing with anxiety disorders like OCD even before all of this happened. And she's going to have some tips for us, especially if that's been the case. All that coming up. Have you been suffering from anxiety or OCD or... Maybe you conquered it, but now it's... reared reared its ugly head because of everything going on, well, you can call us 312-981-7200 because licensed health counselor Christina Maxwell is here. She works at the Anxiety Treatment Center of Greater Chicago, and she's going to be talking about some of the things that you can do to help, especially if you're someone that's already been dealing with these issues. So, Christina, what's the first thing for people to remember if they've already had a mental health issue before all of this happened?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing to remember is that, um, you know, you might be, you may or may not be at risk for it to flare up again. Um, you know, the three things I usually tell people after I've worked with them is that there's there's three conditions in which we typically see flare-ups, and that's transition, so change, um, stress, and illness. Um, so I would categorize COVID 19 as extremely stressful events.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Um,
1: and so, <laughs> yes. And so, you know, if you notice that, you know, something that's been dormant for a really long time and you've been able to manage anxiety or manage the OCD, if you're experiencing flare up, to have self compassion that this is, that's okay. You know, this is one of the conditions in which we do see flare ups and to, seek out the provider that you were working with beforehand or seek out a new provider. There are so many people providing telehealth right now, tele-mental mm-hmm. health services, um, and so don't hesitate to reach out. It can be so, so helpful. And oftentimes when people have, you know, a flare-up again, what we find is that they don't typically need a really long course of treatment again. Um, but sometimes they just need what we call like a few booster sessions just to remind them of the skills that they had that used and learned before and to start using them again. Um, And we find that that can be really, really effective in helping people manage.
0: Christina, that is such an important point because you're right. I think sometimes maybe you'll think, oh, goodness, I don't want to have to go through months and possibly years of treatment. Mm -hmm. I already did that. But you're saying you might not need to do that. No, no. In fact, I mean, I've been doing this for
1: 15 years, and I've had a couple of people have to come back in again because mm-hmm. of, you know, they had, a, they had a child, or they moved, or they had a death in the family, or, you know, life is full with unexpected things that um, can be really challenging to manage, and we just say, okay, what what are the things that we need to do again? Let's remember and um, I find that people are they 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 remember quickly. And, oh, yeah, I got this and they get back on track and they don't need that long course of treatment again.
0: I think the tough part would be if you never had a provider before or, you know, you're you don't you're not in touch with your provider anymore because you're already overwhelmed and feeling anxious and and there's a sense of despair and then sort of the idea of finding someone to talk to might be overwhelming.
1: Yeah, I think that that certainly can be, and um, you know there are so many providers, but we don't all do the same exactly exact Mm -hmm. type of therapy. I would say, and I'm just going to speak to my specialty. If you do have OCD or an anxiety disorder, I really do encourage you to um, contact somebody who does do CBT or exposure response prevention and. There's two places, two um, national websites that I can give to them that um, will have a, a database of providers that have been kind of vetted and who do these things. And um, those two are adaa.org. That's the Anxiety Depression Association of America, and for OCD, it's the International OCD Foundation. So that's iocdf.org.
0: Okay.
1: And again, those are national databases that people can. Plug in their zip code, and they can pull up a list of providers in their area that do CBT.
0: So that's specific to OCD and anxiety. So that's fantastic. and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are yeah. what are some of the other things? So beyond uh, finding a provider or seeking your previous provider and getting that booster session, or you know maybe signing back up for sessions for a little bit. What are some other things that you can do?
1: I think um you know there's a lot of things that people can to, can do to on their own to start yeah. managing <laughs> um if it's just if it's just like general worrying about uh, about you know covid um you know I, I came up with like a top 10 list that's posted on our website but one of them I think is really important is to decrease your um your exposure to the news and the media at this time. Right. Um, Except I'm for right my, now. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm telling my, my you know, I'm telling the folks that I work with, you know, get on like once a day for maybe five to ten minutes and get get the update um, from the CDC or the World Health Organization, you know, wherever you, you find your news and get the update and then turn it off, you know, because I think the thing that, it's really difficult with anxiety disorders is that there's a high intolerance of uncertainty there. Mm-hmm. And this is such an uncertain um, situation. And so, and, and for you to just ruminate and worry on all the uncertainty about it, it really does nothing to solve the problem or help you um, feel
0: better, unless you're one of those resources. <laughs>
1: Yes, you know, trying to find a care right now. They should keep working. <laughs> Absolutely. And yes, um, <laughs> we need all the
0: uh, smart people in the world <laughs> yeah. to continue, all the scientists, all the researchers to continue their jobs. Right.
1: But if you're like me, who's a mom who's trying to balance, you know, e-learning and working and my husband is also working, you know, and we're trying to manage all this and it's very stressful and very overwhelming you know, it's not helpful to, to sit and think about when is this going to end? How is it going to end? Are my kids going to go to summer camp? You know, what's going to happen? Um, so, And and looking and reading all the opinions about what's going to happen mm-hmm. in the coming months when people don't know it's really not helpful. It's kind of fodder for that rumination and that worry. So that's the first thing that I would say. Um, another thing I would say is, you know, if you've never um, – tried like mindfulness or meditation that this is a really great time to pick it up. there's so many great um, apps and um, websites that you know can help you get started. It's mm-hmm. not rocket science I promise
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> and
1: five minutes of mindfulness or relaxation can do such wonders to um, calm your nervous system down, to help you do the tasks that you need to do throughout the day. Um, so that's another. I could go on for a long
0: time, yeah. Z, I don't know. Well, no. <laughs> well, you, you know what, Christina? I was gonna, By the way, I did download the Calm app. I know there's Headspace as well, and there's other yeah. websites and stuff, but I've been trying to do that, and it's helped me in terms of knowing that you don't necessarily have to have a mantra and, you know, be this meditation no. guru or <laughs> yoga guru, you can just sit there and just try to sit still and breathe and relax for a little while. And yeah, and it doesn't have yeah. to be, it doesn't have to be for, you know, 10 minutes or, or you know, even five minutes. No. So that I think that's a very, very helpful advice. But I always I always think that people are rolling their eyes when they hear that, but it truly is helpful.
1: Um, yeah, and it it really is backed um, by research. Like this is you know mindfulness and relaxation are evidence based treatments for um, for depression and anxiety, and mm-hmm. it's things that I use as an adjunctive measures to um, you know the exposures and more of the cognitive behavioral work that I do. Um, so it can be really helpful, and I think if if you've never had anxiety before or you've never um, experienced this level of intensity of anxiety, if these are things that could really go a long way to help.
0: Hmm. Um, wh- one yeah. thing that I enjoyed on your list was acts of kindness, which I think we're seeing oh, that. Yes. We're seeing that a lot. Yeah. And it's been very hopeful it's been uplifting to see humanity and and kindness and hope in that and uh, so that is something that is psychologically helpful right Yes, this comes from really the studies um, from
1: the positive psychology movement, which focuses more on how do you foster positive emotions, whereas psychology for such a long time was looking at how do you get rid of negative emotions? Um, And so one of the things that they have really been looking at for the last 20, 30 years is Um, What makes you feel good, right, simplistically? Mm -hmm. And one of those is, yeah, do something kind for another person. It doesn't have to be, like we were talking about with mindfulness, it doesn't have to be a grand gesture. It can be as simple as, you know, a girlfriend of mine, she picked up my kid's e-learning packet last week and dropped off (laughs) a a bucket of munchkins at my front door And it went such a long way to boost my mood Mm -hmm. and my kid's mood, for sure. (laughs) Sugar! Yes. Um, But then, you know, for her, too, and I sent her a text, you know, so how do you, you know, checking in on her neighbor, shooting somebody a text, you know, putting signs in your window. Um, I know a lot of people are delivering food to the medical personnel, um and it really makes a difference on both ends that's mm-hmm. the fascinating thing it's not just mood boosting for the giver but it's also mood boosting for the receiver
0: and the final thing on your list that i wanted to touch on that we've heard before but i think it's worth you know mentioning that there's science behind this get outside for some period of t- time right Yes, yes. And you know, the a lot of um research they've tried to look at
1: like how long, where, does it matter if you're in the city or if you're at the park? And you know, it doesn't really matter. What we what we see is or you know, are you walking, are you running, mm-hmm. are you biking, it doesn't matter. Getting outside and moving your body is beneficial, period. Got it um, and it's beneficial for your mood i 'm not talking about weight loss or anything like that i 'm just talking about how can you improve your mood during this time mm-hmm. um, and how can you you know decrease um, you know decrease these negative emotions um, and you can even throw in like a mindful walk so these two things that we 're talking about where you walk around the block and you pay attention to what are you seeing? What are you smelling? What are you hearing? What are you feeling? And, you know, springtime. So Mm -hmm. there's lots of sights and sounds that you can be paying attention to. And it's very grounding and mood boosting.
0: The final topic I want to talk about, Christina is, um, I know we just mentioned acts of kindness, but sometimes that can be very difficult to to do, especially if you're uh, co-parenting with, you know, you're in a divorced relationship and, um, you know you're yeah. having to figure out co-parenting and shuffling the kids back and forth and under this yeah I don't even know how people are, are dealing with it because technically there's all these this stress about sort of everyone being members of the household but I think a lot of people because it's been so long have been shuffling kids back and forth
1: yeah yeah, I think that that's a you know a lot of people are. I have really challenging situations, whether it's co-parenting or having a, a you know a loved one who's elderly or you know compromised in your home, mm-hmm. and one person has to go out to work. It's you know with each person that I'm working with, it's really looking at you know how can we. Um, How can we really maximize the situation and do the best that we can? And sometimes it's not going to be perfect (laughs) and it's not going to feel perfect. And it's not going to feel as safe as you would want it to be. Right. right? Yeah. But how can we just do the best that we can in a really challenging circumstance? And that's where like the self-compassion comes in Mm -hmm. of, you know, just acknowledging that this is difficult um, and that intruding yourself with warmth and kindness. So if you have a difficult co-parenting situation and you're not agreeing on things or you have a tumultuous background, you know, just acknowledging, okay, this is going to be tough to navigate in the coming months. And how can I do the best I can to communicate what I need, what I think is best for the kids? And then, you know, including others as needed, if you need to include the the court or the lawyer or whatever, um, to help navigate that.
0: Very wise advice from licensed mental health counselor, Christina Maxwell, who works at the Anxiety Treatment Center of Greater Chicago. Christina, are you taking new patients? I am. Yeah. Where can people, we, we, yeah, Yeah. just go to the website for the, um, anxiety treatment center of greater Chicago. Yeah. Okay.
1: A great anxiety treatment center, um, dot org. And they should be able to, um, yeah, to find us and our intake person would be happy to, to set them to up help. with any of our providers. Yeah. Well, well,
0: thanks so much for being with us, Christina and all the parents out there. Remember you don't have to be married to perfection. It's just about getting through this. Right. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's so good. I love that you said that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you inspired me. Thank you, Christina. You take care, okay? All right. Take care, G. Thank you. Thank you.